right, folks, welcome back to another episode of one of the most ghostliest things you'll ever encounter in your life, next to seeing an honest-to-God ghost right in front of you. That is the Mostly Ghostly Podcast. Welcome back again, our friends. Ray, how you doing over there? Not bad. How about you? Doing all right. All right. Uh, Today, we're going to jump into a, a fun little genetic thing. You know what I mean? Not quite the genetics you might be used to, though. Whole different world. Ray, you want to uh, give a little, a little, little inside introduction to what we're about to pop into a little bit? Well, we're talking about a genetic disc. Yes, it's a mystery. They don't know where it comes from. Found with things, uh, other things in an excavation six thousand years old, and of course, after examining it. Uh, since it goes against every rule in science and archaeology, they've dismissed it, but I don't think you can. Yeah. Well, you know, from time to time, archaeologists discover something that doesn't fit into humanity's current understandings of things. We've only had the microscope for a few centuries, and genetic research started about 150 years ago. Which is really nothing when you think about it. You know what I mean? Drop in the bucket. Uh, when a 6,000-year-old stone disc featuring scenes that happen on a microscopic level was found in an excavation in South America, uh, it contradicted that belief. I wonder if our boy uh, Richard Stanley from South America had any involvement with that. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I often see him in the mountains doing a big filmmaker extraordinaire. Um, you know, the artifact is generally accepted uh, as authentic by archaeologists. The assumption of authenticity is based on the excavation records by Luigi Pernier. Now, I personally had issues with Luigi, but I, because of that, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't trust what he says. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's very possible that he was telling the truth in a situation like that. You know what I mean? Um, the artifact has been called the genetic disc. You know what I mean? When you, th- when you hear genetic disc, you think of like backache. You know what I mean? Like uh, genetic back problems uh, made from a hard uh, basaltic rock called lidite. <clears throat> it weighs around two kilograms, which is about four pounds, I believe. It has a diameter of 22 centimeters, which is nine inches. Yeah, don't ask me how I know that. Uh, but it's the symbols that have confused those who have seen them. Um, the symbols are grouped in a chronological order and include sperm and egg, um, the cells, of course, uh, the fertilized egg, the stage of fetal development. You know what I mean? So that's pretty crazy. And on the other side, it contains that they have uh, said to be different moments in cell division. It also shows what appears to be stages in the development of an uh, amphibian creature. So real quick for a second there, I want to comment that that's like, we're going back to a time before ultra scans and the ultrasounds and all that. Um, of being able to actually look inside a body and see what, what exactly is going on in there. You know what I mean? So stuff like that always blows my mind apart whenever it's like, how would they, it's like the Latin thing, but flipped, you know what I mean? It's like, how would they know? How would this be? You know what I mean? How would they know these things? You know, you can't just, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's some crazy stuff, right? What do you think? Oh, you're talking 4,000 BCE. I mean, yeah. They were playing with pyramids in Egypt, but they didn't have microscopes. They didn't have ultrasounds. Um, they didn't have uh, anything that we have now. How did they come up with it? I agree. I find it very mind warping. You know what I mean? It's all it. it you know, there's certain people that'll say that uh, you know, smarter ourselves came back and gave us knowledge, and you know aliens giving us knowledge a whole bunch of different theories on how we got all this you know advanced learning higher learning if you will um but it's always interesting when you see stuff like this where it's like this is before you could get inside a body and really know and this far back 
Um, BCE, you said, before Christ existed? Yep. Yeah, that's some serious time back, you know what I mean? So that stuff always uh, sticks with me. And the development of an amphibian creature, the stages, I wonder what that is. Uh, maybe it was what was supposed to take out, take humanity out of the picture and just never, it didn't adapt and didn't survive. <clears throat> now, other discs have been found all around the world, but none looked like this one. Our modern knowledge is familiar with the concepts inscribed on this object. However, it was found in Colombia during the excavation of a 6,000-year-old site. Uh, the disc looks nothing like ancient pre-Columbian artifacts, and the symbols are unknown. It was found among 6,000-year-old objects, but it could be far older. Now, Ray, I know you're a big fan of you know, some older stuff like that. What's the oldest piece do you think you own in your collection of, all, <laughs> of everything? Uh, besides some of the crystals that came out of the Yes, yeah, besides some of the crystals and rocks and such. Okay, I have the skull of a dire wolf. Yeah. It's a pre it's a prehistoric wolf. I like that. I've they were big that. they were bigger than current wolves and they're long extinct. And I've got uh I was given uh I was actually given a skull by a medicine man uh in Canada. Uh, luckily extinct probably. That's one of those things, you know, a big bigger wolf is like we talk about with these you know, cryptoid type things where like they're just, you, you like you take a household dog or a cat rather, you know, your cat, a bigger cat's a tiger. You don't want to mess with the tiger. Imagine a bigger tiger. You know what I mean? Um, you you kind of don't want to because if it wasn't in cuddly mode, it's going to be in kill mode and you don't want it to be there. Well, the, the dire wolf, think of a wolf the size of a full grown Great Dane. Yeah, I try that's, not. Big. that's big. And now it's angry, and it says, "I like the pork chops under your arms." It's time to go, and then you're in trouble. Um, people are baffled as to how the prehistoric civilization was able to produce this disc, and how they could have known things that we've only learned in the last couple centuries. Uh, some of one as far as to suggest the disc was made by the serpent people. <clears throat> The serpent people so powerful, my voice fucking cracked on that under the pressure of the power of uh, that, because it also features a snake on its side. Now, the snake's one of those things we and Ray have talked about on the show, kind of got the bum rap, which in different eras of time, it was been looked at as a good thing and looked at as a bad thing, right? Yeah, if you take a look at, uh, well, the Native American culture, the uh, snake there, is actually a healing symbol. Yes. Uh, you go back to ancient Greece, uh, they had the symbol for medicine was a snake wrapped around the staff. Uh, and you start bouncing around the world, you go over to parts of, uh, like in India and other parts of there, and what you've got is the snake is a symbol for the kundalini, the energy, sexual energy that runs up in the body, up the spine. Yeah. So snakes and snake symbolism are common, but they're also very old. And of course, the world famous snake in the Bible, Adam and Eve. Oh, yeah. The devil, the serpent, whatever the case, this object cannot be classified in South American system of cultures or skeptics have labeled it as fraud. Uh, that could well be the case, but this isn't the only baffling discovery made in South America. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> archaeologists have uncovered huge stone monuments and giant skeletons dating as far back as the 14,000 uh, 14, years ago. We've talked a little bit about this before, you know, with stone monuments, you ought to think of Stonehenge immediately, which I believe you've been to, right? Uh no, I've been into the one in uh, New Hampshire, the, okay. American, the the American Stonehenge. Yeah, maybe m mostly ghostly. We'll go to Stonehenge one day and broadcast live between the stones. Um, but you got to figure that 
from the beginning, that was how people would kind of mark things, pay tribute to things with big rocks that they find. You know what I mean? Um, and then the giant skeleton thing, things always gets to me. You know what I mean? Cause you know, you hear about that, uh, stuff like that big giant, um, you know, Nephilim almost like, well, not quite as big as Nephilim, but like humans that are like, you know, 15 feet tall type deal, which is kind of Nephilim, but Nephilim supposedly goes from like 15, 20 feet to like 150 feet, which is something 150 feet. I don't know what the, that's just, the, that's, that's Jack and the Beanstalk type stuff. You know what I mean? That's, uh, I guess Jack, the, the the giant in that would be a Nephilim. You know what I mean? What a world. Childhood and uh, the paranormal world mashing together. But I, uh, I gather I gather myself. I lost myself for a moment. Well, now, if, if you're, if you're yeah. talking about giant bones, um, yeah, my mother came from the island of Sardinia, and they found quite a few there, including giant graves. Mm. These graves are 12, 15 feet long and each time someone found them and they even have pictures they have uh they had a picture of someone standing next to a chart of the human of a uh someone it was a femur that they uncovered and someone took a chart drew up the form of a person and they put the bone in proportion in the thigh and you have the person standing there, and the bone is as tall as they are. And then the person, the drawing of a person next to him, I mean, that thing is, like, huge. Because, you know, the human being is only the size of the thigh bone. Mm. But when all these were turned over to the university and, and stuff to uh, examine it and verify it, it disappeared. Yeah. Now, there were, there were pictures of it, and right next to somebody, and this is not an elephant thigh bone or anything like that. It's a definite human thigh bone, but no, all of, they turned it over to the authorities, and the authorities say, oh, oh, we don't have it. They don't want their story blown out. They don't want history changed, mm. so they, they hide it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it's... it's I think everybody listening and, and, and on the show here has seen the, the famous the pictures, of course, of like you like like what you're talking about. Um, yeah, and you, we see people and like nowadays, even when you know some basketball players that are ridiculously tall or people that you know other. It's almost like for more in foreign countries, you see it um, very tall, like a very tall deal. Um, probably where they're appreciated more, which is, the, you know, sometimes maybe not. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It's like a superior, almost, you know, genetically advanced, you know, race of human humanity. You know what I mean? It's interesting that, that if there was a bigger, if there ever was like a bigger form of human, you know what I mean? Like if there was a ladder to it, so to speak, we were just kind of like the little ones and there was like a, a mid-level and a bigger one <clears throat> that, um, you know, that it wouldn't have lasted, you know, and that they died out because of whatever, maybe, uh, this, maybe, I don't know what it would be. Some type of sickness that only struck them. Um, I know that if you're like a bigger person, um, all around height and weight. I know that that's a lot on your heart. So like, that's not a good deal for you. So like, you know, sometimes they have short lives for those, you know, medical reasons and stuff, but it's interesting, uh, you know, with, with that, you know, what, what's your take on, what's your take on bigger humans that, and, and where they could have went? Well, I think that you, you may have nailed it. one of the possibilities when you're talking about a genetic disease. Yeah. Uh, might be more difficult uh, for them to survive if they just kept growing and growing mm. and adapt. The other thing is that uh, could they adapt with that size 
to a changing environment. We know, for instance, uh, well, if, if you take a look at the dinosaurs, they were huge. They were the uh, top of the food chain, but the climate changed when the asteroid hit, and that wiped them out. And only the small survived, the marsupials, the tiny little ones. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're talking about it could have been an environmental change, it could have been a, a genetic anim- uh, genetic problem that caused them to die off young. Uh, their food source could have dried up. Don't know, but uh, size doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you're going to last forever. You'd assume, like the way everything evolves, you'd assume that people would kind of get bigger and uh, built more. You know, for lack of a better word for battle, you know what I mean? More muscular, more able to kind of. I guess you can grow into it. I guess it's you have the capability. You see the people that weightlift and all that, and they get jacked up and they're huge. You know, the human has the ability to be that way. They just don't always choose that way. I chose. I used to be jacked up like that. I chose that life earlier in my earlier in my career. Now I'm just kind of. Uh, I got a dad bod without the kids. You know what I mean. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. And going with the kids thing. Um, you know, this sort the, the the genetic disc with the circle of life on it, it's just quite possible that it's bitch shit. What it is, it's it's like whoever long, long time ago, quite possibly when they first realized you could have I don't even know. I I don't know when, when they they were starting to realize you could have kids. You know what I mean? I'm sure that was a slow progression. I don't think people knew right from the get go, okay, well the you know, people were supposed to link up, have sex, uh, you know what I mean? And then the baby grows in the belly, you know what I mean? That was probably like a mind-blowing. That was pro- a lot of people probably died, you know, sadly, in the pre-stages of that. That's a very weird thing. Like, I would love to know about that. Like, when, like, but that's got to be, what, day 30? You know what I mean? This can't, this can't be... This can't be too far in the game. This had to have been. This was in the first year of cre of, of anything. You know what I mean? What's your take on all that? Well, I know historically, the farther back you go, the death rate. Uh, not only when the person is giving birth, but also the survival rate of the children is very, very low uh, yeah. between disease. You've also got to figure that uh, the threat from weather, from animals, uh, our survival rate was, was low. Uh, you didn't have the medicine to back it up, uh, the antibiotics and other things to help people get over. And children are the most vulnerable, the very young. So not many, uh, you might, let's say someone has six or seven kids, you might have only one or two survive. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, and you, birth, like you try to think think of the most important things to humanity. Um, reproduction has got to be tops on that list, if not number one. For, in order that it be, in order for there to be a humanity, there always has to be new generations coming out to 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 do so. And maybe that's almost <clears throat> it's a, it's kind of a tribute to that. You know what I mean? I wouldn't want to say a guy, maybe a guideline, but like. Uh, you know what I mean? Almost like a blueprint of what they consider the, the everything to be. Um, but that's what I'm vibing with that for sure. For sure. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's the blueprint, Ray. Not Jay-Z's blueprint, the other blueprint. And uh, yeah. I was going to say, I find they're, dispro- they're saying it's a fraud or disproving it. Uh, I expect that. I think I mentioned one time in an episode a long while ago when we were talking about the Bermuda Triangle when we were doing different triangles. I watched a show where uh, a guy was on there and he's talking to a scientist and the scientist takes a compass out of his pocket and it's working. Mm -hmm. Then he picks up a stone, puts it near the compass and this compass starts spinning. Now, the science guy turns around and says, this whole island is made mostly of that, that type of stone. 
and it would interfere with uh, the navigation systems on planes and on boats, on ships. Now, on the surface, that sounds logical. But if you take it one step further, if that island is strong enough to knock out the navigation sh- system on a ship out at sea, you certainly aren't going to take that compass out of your pocket and have it working. I mean, if that, that thing should have been spinning like a top like crazy when it came out of your pocket if the magnetic field is that strong. Yeah. Strong enough to take a plane out of the sky. So you can throw out this simple thing and say, no, it can't be because of this. But some quite often when you take it that extra step and you look behind it, you go, oh, wait a minute. That, uh, that doesn't necessarily apply here. You forgot. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you went A, B, but you didn't go to C because it disproves your theory. So what do you think the possibility that this could be an a- left by aliens? This just could be, you know, original humanity, you know, you know, just kind of doing a blueprint. What, what, what's your kind of, what's your vibe with this? What do you think this could be? Well, you're going to get some people going to say aliens. Yeah. Uh, some people are going to say time travels. The possibility, if they don't recognize some of the symbols and languages, would be, uh, if you got a time traveler from the future and languages evolve, symbols and writing, etc., um, it's one we don't understand because it hasn't actually developed yet. It's a future language from somewhere. Yeah. If you're looking at a time traveler, the other thing that people automatically discount is uh, they have stories, and many of them, uh, Atlantis being one, the continent of Mu being Mu being another one. Uh, of ancient civilizations. Now, those stories were passed down from somewhere. Something triggered that. So could there have been uh, an ancient or an older civilization of these, let's say, giants that were more advanced? Uh, Did they leave the earth or did they uh, die out, unable to adapt to it? But you've got to factor in that there may have been a culture around it that doesn't exist anymore. Just because we don't have its history and we don't understand it doesn't mean it didn't exist. And they could have been quite advanced. They could have figured out birth and they knew about the egg development and they knew about the rest of it. But they died out. It was lost. It was buried. And like like you said in that article, they they found things that are 14,000 years old. Mm. I mean, we we should have... 14,000 years ago, we were very primal hunter-gatherers, and that's it. And um, They wouldn't have been carving things or making things out of those stones. It predates just about everything else we have as far as monuments. And when you've got an established history or story, uh, you've got to move mountains to try and get them to budge on that story. And your evidence uh, better be pretty damn good because they're, they're not, they're not going to give up their expertise or change their story. Uh, sometimes even in the face of convincing evidence. It looks like art, you know what I mean? It's very old, of course. It looks like a measure of aliens, if art was given to us from the aliens. I almost get a vibe like this was somebody who was very powerful or wealthy, a ruler of some kind, like art that was in their house or their whatever. And, um, you know, just just been kind of passed off throughout the years. Oh, this was so and so. This was that. Oh, this was this. Uh, and eventually, so it, it gets passed down. You know that it's not even whose it was anymore. It's just the fact that it's old. You know what I mean? Um, they got kept around, and uh, I think it's something like that. You know, what's your take about something that? Well, a lot of times uh, in history, art. Um was used to portray something sacred. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at some of the paintings inside the uh, burial vaults with the pharaohs. You take a look at, uh, you move it up several thousand years, and a lot of the uh, paintings in the early Middle Ages were all of religious nature. Hmm. And they're always, and they always became very valued because they're putting something sacred to them down for history. Now, if we don't remember all the details of history, if it's a long enough term, term like uh, 6,000 years, and we've lost the uh, connection, then understanding it would be difficult, but it would 
makes sense that something, the discovery of, let's say, birth and the whole process and someone put it down, whether it's a scientific record or whether it's a artwork, uh, they, it makes sense to me that they would somehow document it. And we just happen to find one now. I, I definitely can see the crossover of art and religion because it's, uh, when you think about how powerful art is and how it can make you feel emotion and stuff like that. And then you kind of think of some of those like early religious pictures and the art you see like powerful, they're very powerful. Like the store when they, when they wrap up like a book of the Bible or a story from the Bible into kind of one of those massive, just like, you know, crazy, uh, oil painting type deals. It's like, wow, really, uh, I think that the imagery in religion is what kind of sticks in people's brains, maybe more so than the, the scripture and words sometimes. But I also think that if, if you're looking like along those same lines, if, yeah. if that was passed down for a while, um, it would have been passed down as, look, this is what our great ancestors taught us or showed us. And they show this thing that the common uh, primitive or early per- person at that time uh, would look at it and go, wow, because it's nothing that they could do, nothing that they could duplicate. And they, they would just be in awe, and it became part of something, almost something of worship. Yeah. And that, that's a possibility for that a lost civilization from back then. It, also, it could have been a gift from, from like an alien life, too, if you think about it. If you were going to gift humanity something, it would be this art symbolizing, like I said before, like something that's probably the most important thing to humanity is reproduction and recreation to carry on what it is, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, it could be that. Um, I'm very interested in one of these days we should do some research on it of like the the time when people realized that, you know, how to have a baby. You know what I mean? Like, were they told, okay, this is how you have a baby? Or was it just something like that through trial and error happened? You know what I mean? I'm very interested in that because they're at the very beginning of that. There had to have been the first people, you know what I mean? And it, not Adam and Eve because they were, you know, they were just created. Um, um, but you got, well, actually right there would be it right there, right? Because Adam and Eve had kids supposedly, and that's what kind of took over the earth. But that, it depends, you know, there's certain people out there that might not believe in that story. So, I'm very interested in what, re- like, how that came about. You know what I mean? And I don't know if we can tag this to that. Um, but it does almost feel like it's either a celebration of, like, a gift maybe celebration of life because of, that's how the most important thing to humanity. Or, I don't know, you know, it's... Like an art, I, I I take it more for art or, or gift or art or both. That's kind of what I look when I look at. It, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. That it was just so magnificent that throughout the years it never got destroyed, never got thrown away. It always got held on to. I'm sure many folk probably died to protect this thing. Um, yeah, it's very. I mean, there's pictures of it online. You look at it. And it's done nicely, like the, it's 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 finely done artwork, like for the time. You know what I mean? Everything's evenly done. It's not like messy. Everything looks like it's exactly the same size that it should be. Take a look at the pictures to get an idea of what I'm talking about there. Because a bunch of different images, but they're all kind of they have their own little spaces. It's almost like a game board. It's weird. Um, but it's yeah, it, it's it's the characters are. They have weird eyes, which you could almost tap into the whole alien thing, um, where they're not quite human. They're almost insect-looking, you know what I mean? But who's to say? Uh, who's to say that... Imagine if they if they stumbled back and said that we came from the insects, how we, uh, we evolved from insects. <laughs> imagine that. That's a crazy world for you to live in. But, um, yeah, I think it's more of an art or a gift-type deal that was given over. Well, if you take a lot of uh, Aboriginal cultures, birth is really considered somewhat of a miracle. 
Yeah. Um, they attribute it a lot to the creator. Um, it's a gift that the woman has that she can give birth. And because of the mortality rate, um, life was very treasured. The baby was, was well respected and treasured as well as the woman, uh, before the, uh, before the men started establishing a, a hierarchy and put themselves in charge. But many Aboriginal cultures, that's very special. Now, if you did have, whether it be a time traveler or an alien, yeah, uh, that comes down and you've got this special mystery of how all this happens that people are like, wow, look at birth. How does this happen? How does a person grow in somebody? And they give the gift of, here's an illustration of what goes on. Well, that would blow people's minds. It was like, whoa. And yeah, that would become a sacred object that they would treasure and they would fight over or defend because it's the, what you have in front of you is one of the great mysteries of the time going back 6,000 years ago explained. So, whoa, wait a minute. This is something we're going to hold on to. Yeah, this thing, anybody out there that is listening, I do suggest go checking out the genetic disc a picture because I'll give you a little brief description of it on the bottom. You know, you have like a little, you have in one of the squares, uh, it's a kind of a circle with a bunch of different squares in it with, or not really squares, but it's all divided pie like into different um, spots for images here. And, you know, one of the first one on the bottom, it's a, it's a, it's like a guy, it's, it's, it's a figure. Um, and you see, you know, the, the body and it, you can tell it has like what an erect penis, not to be funny, but it looks like a erect penis for real. Uh, after there, and there's like a weird next to him. There's almost weird, like drops looks like teardrops, which could be something filthy. You know what I mean? If you know what we're going for here next to him, is what I assume to be a female, same deal, um, way it's standing. Um, but instead of a penis, it has what it looks like, look like, uh, the female anatomy, uh, private parts, we'll say. And it also has two dots on the chest that I assume to be breast. You know what I mean? Um, from that point on, it, it looks like, to be horrifying, it looks like female parts with like, like, It looks like if you mixed like female parts in a fruit basket type deal, which is kind of like a weird vibe. And then from that point, it goes to what I, I assume look like fallopian tubes, you know, like the, the inner workings uh, of the uh, re- reproductory system there, reproduction system. And then it goes into different stages of like a fetus, you know, like a weird almost liver with a squiggly looking thing. Very weird stuff. Um, and then it slowly turns into a kid to an adult. And then there's like symbols above it. It looks like an ancient board game. To t- I mean, to be honest with you, when you really look at it, think of the, think of the idea of an ancient, ancient board game, like the original game of life. No pun intended. You know what I mean? Where, you go around, you, you, you know, you, you, you go around and it's the progression of life. It's very interesting looking. Now, Ray, do you, did anything like speak out to you when you looked at these pictures, the picture of this thing? No single thing, but, uh, when talking about the whole progression of life and that's all the way back to conception, uh, the details of it and how it's portrayed is something that was unknown to the, the people at the time. Yeah. Uh, that 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 sort of detail wasn't there. They knew something happened. They knew that if the uh, there was a baby in there, but they didn't know all of the details. They didn't know about semen, fallopian tubes, uterus. They didn't know any of that. And some of that is what is portrayed on that disc. I mean, the, the little uh, the little piece that has almost like a tail, you could say, is like sperm. Yeah. So, and that's all stuff that uh, you know you don't see sperm unless it's under a microscope. Yeah, everybody check out these pictures so we don't sound like we're trying to be funny or crazy or anything. This is what th- these things look like. So how how did it get there without the technology unless, like you said, it was a gift that 
and the knowledge was given to them and they recorded it down or whoever gave it to them, whether from this planet, the future, another planet, whatever, whoever gave it to them, put it down in a way that they could understand. And they had this thing to look at and go, whoa, mystery. Now we know. And yeah, that, like I said before, that becomes a sacred object that you want to protect because it's, it's a gift from the, those that have the knowledge, the knowledgeable ones. It's, you know, Parker Brothers. We've talked about Parker Brothers and those gaming people kind of was like the Ouija board being a little weird and diving into almost dark arty type stuff. What's your take on this being almost a cult, something that people might have used for, they put blood, let blood run through or some type of sacrifice thing. And the game of life actually being a take on this, on this, 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 this uh, genetic disc. But like their own take on it, making it a kid version of an adult thing, if you will. I think it's unusual enough, and the knowledge in it is is unusual that it probably wouldn't have gone to like the game or anything of that sort. Sacrifice kind of contradicts, even though there are some cultures where they do it. It contradicts bloodletting, but if you had a culture where um, they were dying out, for instance, and they may offer sacrifices uh, so that someone would have a child, so the child would be healthy and the child would grow up. That's a possibility. But I tend to think it's more like knowledge being shared or given to the culture at the time. Yeah. It's, it's interesting stuff. It's, I, that's why I, I feel like it's either something man-made art or a game or something... I get. I don't know if things. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I subscribe to things left by aliens for us. You know what I mean? Now I'm not saying I don't believe in aliens. I just don't know, like the like stone, like a Stonehenge type deal. I don't know. I'd have to look more into it. But it just seems like why? Why would you? Just, why would you? leave a gift something like this being left for as a gift even though i said it earlier in the show like it it looks like a gift maybe celebrating the most important thing like uh, to humanity i almost i'm settling into the the idea of it being like an art or game like an ancient art or ancient game at this point that's my kind of that's what i'm vibing with you know what i mean well, what I'm, what I'm thinking is that uh, it could have been done very carefully over time by the craftsmen of the people at that time. Yeah. Based on the knowledge that they received from somewhere else. Yeah. Since they didn't have it. So the disc itself may not be a, be a gift, but the disc may represent that knowledge. Uh, and like, like we said, it could have been a time traveler, could have been aliens. It, there's multiple ways that it, that knowledge could have been passed on. But um, it could have been the people. And it, like you, you mentioned Stonehenge, and people say aliens did it. Um, I don't believe they did. There's one thing different about people in that time, human beings, than now. If you had something that was sacred and important and you were chosen to work on it, that was considered an honor. Yeah. That was sacred. And you would devote your life to it. And even if it took you... 200 years to build, you would work on it. You would hope that you're, you'd have, uh, let's say, back then, a son who learned to trade and kept it going because this was a sacred gift to your family to be able to help construct this thing. And they had a dedication to it that we don't see when we build things now. Uh, we don't have that sort of commitment, that dedication in the world now to build things. And... Um, it's just, it's sad. I mean, there are, and if you go much more recent, you go again in medieval times, um, you had cathedrals that took 30, 40, 50 years to build yeah. or more. So if, because these people believed in it, so they were willing to devote a lifetime uh, or generations to the building of it. Why wouldn't something that important to people 6,000 years ago or more why wouldn't they ded- have the same dedication to be able to uh, craft this thing and take care of it? 
I agree. I agree. I think somewhere in between, we found the truth. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's um, where do you know where this thing is right now? Uh, no, I don't. I know. I think it went to a certain museum where they said it was fake, but I don't know what happened to it afterwards. Got thrown in the trash. They were like, "All right, it's fake." Well, that's 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 one way to keep your point of view going and kind of just <laughs> dismiss it, junk it, and then there's no evidence, and you're safe. You still are the expert. Yeah. And then they, they, it's one of those deals where they they go, oh, it's fake, and they put it out by the dumpster. And then they uh, when they leave to go home that night, they grab it because they know it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah, they keep it in their private collection in their basement. I bet they would have a great collection, too. I've always kind of wanted to own something ancient, ancient like that. But then the more we do this show and we talk about attachments, I go, maybe, maybe not so much. You know, thing items like this probably got worshipped throughout the years, um, and like I said, people died for them. Um, people probably died, killed themselves over losing them. All types of crazy madness. People probably been killed with them. You know what I mean? Um, all types of stuff. So I don't think I'd want one anymore. I used to be uh, like whenever you see the mass when you go into people's house and they have like mass from dis- different cultures. And stuff like that. I guess if I was a traveling man, um, which I've done a little, I'd love to do more. But if I traveled to cool, weird places, I'd definitely, I'd, I'd find out if, you know, the story behind it. But I'd try, I'd try and get something. Try and get something cool from that culture to bring back. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Well, I got, uh, I got a staff from Africa. Yeah. Uh, that typically a shaman, a witch doctor would use. And I also have a, a second one uh, from Australia, crafted by Aboriginals down there that is also medicine staff. And that one has a snake on it. They, actually, they both have snakes on it, on them. For wisdom? Uh, wisdom, healing, yeah. Yeah. I support that. Yeah, see, that's cool. Some of that stuff you'd probably really have to be careful with, you know what I mean? There's probably some stuff that would ca- would carry bad, you know, bad karma or like a curse to it. What do you think? You've got to be careful, recognize what it is, treat it properly. Um, if things start going wrong, you shouldn't have it. You got to get rid of it if it's bad like that. Well, you find somebody that you don't necessarily get along with and you'd be a real nice person and say, here's this special gift I have for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Come on. Going at these people. Well, you know, I can entertain the thought. Doesn't mean I do it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, these there's pictures out there. You should definitely check it out. There's some cool stuff. Um, now these drawings that cannot be repeated, that people say, no, there's no way that these could be done, redone. Uh, Colombian professor Jamie Guterres Lega has been, uh, gathering unexplained ancient objects for years. Most of the artifacts from his collection have been discovered in explorations of the almost an inaccessible re- region of Sutashuasa in the province of Cundinamarca. When you have trouble pronouncing the places, that's how you know they're far away. They are stones with uh, illustrations of people and animals and baffling symbols and inscriptions in unknown language. Ancient stuff. You think like if there was this ancient civilization that worshipped an item and that civilization all died or were killed off, that that was some all them dying, the negativity of all them dying would be held to that project, that that possession um not necessarily not if it's a sacred object and it's uh has what people would call positive vibes or attachments to it it may not carry the negative yeah but yeah you know back sixteen thousand six uh six thousand years ago you know cutting anything into that i think it was like by looking at it i think it was clay i think it was clay 
and they kind of polished it. My take on that is they did clay. Um, they molded it. They got it wet. Um, they molded it to the way they wanted to do. They let it dry. Then they kind of gave it a polish. I also have that kind of weird belief with the pyramids. People go, oh, how did they make the pyramids um, with all those blocks and stuff? And I almost get a vibe like it was a bunch of clay and it was wet and they almost kind of molded it. You know, they just slopped it on there and almost kind of shaped it to look like these bricks. But I could be dead wrong. I could be easily debunked. It's just an idea that pops out of my mind at this time. Well, the pyramids, I know from doing a little bit, not a lot of research, um, there has been, uh, there are quarries with partially cut stones. Yeah. Uh, when they cut into them or try and explore the pyramids, that's, that's solid rock they're hitting there, not, not hardened clay. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's, it's, uh, that, that one I'll give the stone and I'll give to the fact that, uh, they had settlements. They unearthed settlements near the pyramids and writings from the time the pyramids. And the people who worked on them were not all slaves. And a lot of them were considered very special people. Again, they were working on something sacred. Yeah. And there's records of, you know, the, the food that goes in there, the people that were working, like a whole lifestyle. There's records of the people who built this. Uh, and some of the places they've escaped excavated near them uh the genetic disc don't know all i know is it does not fit the mainstream so they're going to be criticizing it left and right every way they can yeah the stone is also known that that it's made out of it's also known as darlingite radiolarite and bassanite and has a bright color since ancient times, it has been used for the manufacturing of jewels and mosaics. mosaics. Uh, but cutting something from it should have been impossible using the tools possessed by humans 6,000 years ago. The problem comes from its layered structure because it will automatically break upon contact with incisors. And still, the genetic disc is made from this mineral and the drawing on it more closely resemble a print rather than a carving. That's an interesting thing. take at it, too. A print, which would make it more art if it was more manufactured. You know, I know a friend of ours, Billy Coyne, does like, um, um, you know, when you do, you pour a mold for somebody's face, and you can kind of take a plaster mold of their face, and when you peel it off, you can then fill that and continue to make other ones. It's what they do, you know, when they manufacture plates or whatever whatever it is which is kind of what this vibe is where yeah if somebody just made like a cookie cutter thing almost uh and just kind of punched them out it's very that leans more closer to the art thing with me too um and becoming a gift type deal you know what i mean well if you're also talking some unknown advanced civilization or another source if you had someone that for instance drew the grid out and uh everything on it right onto the stone all of the design that they wanted, then if they didn't have the tools, it's probably more like using a laser laser cut. Yeah. That doesn't fit the time either. That's why I, the way that it looks out so smooth, that's why I thought possibly maybe they made some type of clay. Maybe they could do a clay ground with a rock ground. I don't know how they would do it, but make a clay, mold it on, onto the plate, you know, onto the disc, how they want it to be. Let it dry and harden up. You can probably pl- do the clay a couple times to get it nice and thick, and then figure out a way. If it, even if it's just rubbing something that's not soft, doesn't have to be sandpaper or whatever, you would probably be able to rub that down. And stuff like this, or uh, I always assume stuff like this is somebody's life's work. You know what I mean? It's something that this, they start when they're twenty-five years old, and they're wrapping it up, coming, you know. F- 50, 60 years old, they're wrapping it up or whatever, you know, that they're, or however long they lived, whatever, they're dedicating the majority of their life, I feel, to making objects like these, you know what I mean? Oh, I agree. If it's a special object or a sacred object, again, that commitment to it that would have existed at that time, which you don't get in society much of a commitment uh, to anything, but 
something like that, uh, that would have been common at that time. So I, I agree. It, it probably was one or a couple people's life's work. It's, uh, for sure. It's definitely a big project. It could be, it could be a, ge- a family project, like generational, you know what I mean? But after the first one's made, then I think you could do, you could do the prints of it. You know what I mean? After that, if you, if you, with like a, making a mold of it, you know what I mean? If people know what they were doing, um, but who's to say, you know what I mean? Um, so I guess in the position of the one o'clock, one can see several completely formed, uh, sper, next to sperma, spermatozoids. I've never heard that before, but I know what it is immediately. And I should start, I want to start calling people that a spermatozoid. Um, next to the baffling drawing, scientists uh, still haven't come to conclusion as to what it means. Around the position of three o'clock, there are images of a man, woman, and child. The fetus in several stages of development, which end in the formation of a baby, is illustrated on the upper part of the opposite side of the disc. The drawing shows the evolution of uh, intravene life. And in the region of six o'clock, a man and woman are illustrated once again a study determined uh, that there really are illustrations of the basic stages of development of the human fetus and they could easily be identified now do you think that a clock plays into plays into this do you think that maybe around six o'clock is around the time they'd be getting out they would their, their workly duties would be done they'd be coming home so to speak um, and that when they see their, their, their significant other, that's when kind of baby making would happen. I think that, uh, this thing being laid out like a clock, a circle yeah, is that many Aboriginal cultures, uh, believe everything is cyclical, uh, your Judeo Christian and, uh, cultures, uh, things that came out of the Mediterranean and Europe later on, uh, they're all linear. And we think of everything, one thing progressing to another in a straight line, but uh, almost all your Aboriginal, your older cultures, they all talk about the circle. It's a circle. You come in, you live, you go out, you come in, you live, you go out. Uh, even yeah. the universe, I mean, you go over to uh, certain countries in the Far East, uh, it is believed that uh, the entire universe follows the same sort of cycle. It comes into existence, it grows, it's there, then it comes to an end. Then it comes back again. So it's one cycle after the other. So depicting it circular, like it would be on a clock, is uh, the perfect uh, cycle. I mean, later on, the Mayans did it in their calendars. So it it would make sense that it would look a lot like a clock and it would uh, be a circle or a cycle represented, the cycle of life. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's the cycle of life. You know what I mean? Celebration of the cycle of life. Um, it's very interesting stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I do not own it, but uh, if you could own this, you'd want to own it, right, Ray? Oh, yeah. You got a place picked out for it already? Uh, yes. <laughs> good man, good man. Maybe uh, maybe Christmas will come early for you, and Santa Claus will drop off a nice, uh, a nice genetic disc at your doorstep with a big bow on it. Well, gently. I don't want it to crack or break, but make sure it's gently. No, it's very fragile. I'll have it in bubble wrap. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, yeah, the genetic disc. You know what I mean? Very interesting stuff. If anybody out there has one in their possession, they want to donate it to the Mostly Ghostly Fund. Ray has a spot for it uh, already picked out. So just, you know, hit us up. We'll send an address and we'll figure it out with you. But uh, do we want to say anything in closing about the genetic disc, Ray? The only thing I would say for sure is that uh, we cannot dismiss it. I mean, uh, yeah, scientists or archaeologists may say it is fake. But it is hard 
out in the jungles and in this, these areas where they're digging down to uh, remains that are 6,000 years old for you to plant a fake. Yeah. So, yeah, something there doesn't add up with our current timeline, with how we see the past. So we've got to keep an open mind and say, yeah, there was something there besides modern humans. Could have been ancient ones, could have been a civilization, could have been aliens, could have been time travel, whatever it may be. There is there is something there that doesn't fit, and we should investigate it instead of dismiss it. Yeah. And it's there. It's real. You know what I mean? You can't argue that. Uh, anything that go, that is that old... Uh, always carries importance with it, you know what I mean? No matter if it's just, if, if it if it was as simple as just art, they could have been, re, re, you know, uh, that if there could have been many of these that were art, it's still super important and cool to have. And even if it's more important with, you know, some type of meaning, or if it was from a gift, a gift from some somebody uh, from above that, you know, you definitely don't want to lose, that keeps like, you know, just as uh, equally as great, I feel. You know what I mean? Um, it's a great question where this thing came from. And uh, I think me and Ray, Ray, we lean more towards maybe like an alien thing? Or what's your, what, what, by the end of this, what's your main lean towards? I'm thinking more of an ancient people, civilization that's lost. I agree with that. That's what I agree with. I think it's a civilization lost. You think it's an art piece? You think it's a blueprint? What do you think? You mean a religious thing? What do you think it might be for them? I think it, it, it's a representation of the, the cycle of life in this ancient civilization. When we think of them, we always think of them, oh, they got to be totally primitive. There's nothing to say that uh, they weren't well advanced. They didn't know about birth, possibly even birth control. They, they, knew, a, they knew a lot. They died out whether it's 6,000 years or 14,000, like some of those large bones and skeletons, they died off, they disappeared. And we like to think that uh, we're the end all, we're everything, and that this could not have happened. And there's nothing to say it won't happen to us, that someday we die out and uh, there'll be some other species of variation on, on man that will be discovering our ruins and uh, I saw a joke recently, and I, it is so appropriate that someone in the future, someone 10,000 years in the future does an archaeological dig, and they dig up a tanning bed. And they think that what we did was uh, sacrifice people by uh, roasting them in these tanning beds. You know, it's, it's just like we don't know. And whenever we put something on it, we kind of take away from the fact that there was someone who did this probably was significant, whether it be art or sacred, and came from a civilization with an understanding of the human anatomy that uh, we refuse to admit because mankind right now thinks they're it, they're the end all, and no one can be this great, and you know, that's just ego run rampant. Leave the yeah, door open. Yeah. There was something there, and uh, it was pretty awesome to produce this, and especially what's on it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, with that being said, we uh, we thank everybody out there for listening. We hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, you want to get in contact with us? Hit us up on the Facebook. That's probably your best way. And uh, yeah, keep it coming. We got some cool video stuff coming for you in the not so distant future. And uh, anybody looking to support a little financially, you know, ghosts need uh, money to eat and stuff. You know what I mean? So there's a uh, boombastic streaming on Patreon. Anybody that does the Patreon thing, hit up patreon.com. Boombastic streaming. Uh, Boombastic is the production company that does all our stuff. Podcasts, films, you name it, you got it. Uh, word up. With that being said, we hope everybody has a ghostly week and you'll catch us next Wednesday on another glorious ghostly episode of What Show Ray? Mostly ghostly. I like that show. <laughs>